Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. On this Saturday morning. <laughs> Good morning, my friends. How are you doing on this Saturday morning? I hope that you have awakened with your eyes wide open <laughs> and ready to dive into the Word of God because we know that the Word of God is truth. We know that the Word of um, God gives us life. And most of all, we know that it gives us instructions and it guides us for our everyday purpose. So my friends, thank you for tuning in again this Saturday. Thank you for those who are joining us for the first time. We welcome you. We welcome you. And my friends uh, who have been listening with me for a long time now, let's welcome our new friends. Yay! Thank you so much for joining us. So my friends, we are here to um, continue in the book of Zechariah as we've been reading along all these couple of weeks. Um, and we have really been diving into the word of Zechariah and the messages that he had to give people, the, uh, his conversations that he was having with the angel of the Lord, with the host of lords, Lord of hosts, and as well what he was being reminded of, what is coming forward, and what is presently right now happening. So um, we can apply it to our lives every day, as you know, and how I mention this every time. So my friend, let's start with uh, chapter 11. Today we're going to dive into chapter 11, little by little, like we normally do with every chapter. And when we left off in chapter number 10... We had spoken about how God was going to be merciful to his people, bring them back together, reunite them, because many of the children were scattered all over, and at the same time, coming together again as a community gives us power, gives us strength, um, and it is a unification of where God wants his people to be. And that at the same time, he would do away with our enemies, right? Um, because he knows the oppressions we've been through. He, he uh, Back when he was even speaking to Zechariah, he was explaining to Zechariah everything that had happened as a recap, what had happened to the children of Judah, what happened to the children of Israel, the children of Joseph, I mean, you name it. Everybody was scattered because of the oppression that came into their lives. And most of the time, as we know, we spoke about the oppression. Why? Because sometimes we bring these things on ourselves because of the fact that we walk away from God or we dismiss God or we don't continue to follow uh, God's, um, uh, you know, uh, things that he wants us to do every day in our lives. He, the children were not, you know, keeping reverence unto the Lord. They were not attaining to the holy days as God had asked them to do. 
um, and they just like swayed away as a generation. And we can apply this to our lives today, my friends, because we're, you know, in this generation today, people are constantly swaying away from God. People are leaving Christianity. People are stopping to believe in God altogether. So there's a lot we can apply to our lives here of what God can do for us in our lives as well. And uh, as the, the same way he did it back then, right? At the time of Zechariah. So we're going to start in chapter 11. We're just going to read uh, a couple of verses and then we're going to dive in. And this is what it says, chapter 11, starting with verse 1. It says, Open your doors, O Lebanon, that fire may devour your cedars. Wail, O Cyprus, for the cedar has fallen, because the mighty trees are ruined. Wail, O oaks of Bashan, for the thick forest has come down. There is the sound of wailing shepherds, for their glory is in ruins. There is the sound of roaring lions, for the pride of the Jordan is in ruins. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for your word in the book of Zechariah. Father, we know your word is true. Your word gives us life. Your word um, lets us know what's happening. Let's us know what you're doing. <laughs> let's us know specifically consequences that we can face, Lord, for our actions. And um, we just thank you for your word. Amen. So my friends, you know, we went from a chapter where there was restoration, right? Because God wants to restore his people. God is a God of love about bringing people back together um, stronger than ever for his, uh, his kingdom. And we spoke about restoration. And with restoration, my friends, comes a price. So... Many of us, when we look at the book of Zechariah and the things that are recapped with what the children of Judah and the, uh, the children of Israel had to face and the house of Joseph had to face, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, they endured a lot because of their ancestral background, upbringing, what they learned, what they didn't learn. And most of all, it was a lot because... Even when they were going through trials, my friends, those who were really grounded in the Lord and in God and believing that they were going to get a miracle or breakthrough in their lives, they stood grounded even though things were happening around them. And even if they were oppressed, they still had the joy of the Lord. They had uh, something to look forward to of expectation because of their relationship with their God. And in restoration, my friends, what happens is that God wants to mend you back together, right? He wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your mind, your spirit, your soul. He wants to do something with those emotions that you've been battling with. You know, he wants to do something with the mental illness that you have been struggling with. He wants to come and restore your mind. He wants to restore you 100%. And in order to do that, he must be very aggressive. He has to come in and tear down some things. <laughs> and in the restoration, sometimes he has to tear down the things that we're doing. And sometimes he has to tear down the things others are doing. <laughs> so when we start to dive into this scripture here, and it says, Open your doors, O Lebanon. 
that fire may devour your cedars. That is like a watch out. <laughs> Here we come moment. <laughs> because um, as you recall, uh, when uh, in the previous chapter, when we were talking about, you know, having the testimony and the new wine that God was going to be bringing onto the children and, you know, getting rid of the old wine and having a new fire that would come from God, right? Uh, all consuming fire, like at the time of Moses, um, up on the hill with the burning bush, right? But the burning bush was not being con consumed, uh, nor done away with. And um, so the fire that, that God was now bringing down in this situation of the oppression for restoration came in a fire form, <laughs> very fury form, because God said enough is enough to what you are doing to my children. And not only was he gonna come and wipe away our enemies, but he was gonna do it in a way, his way. And many times we can see in the Bible on numerous occasions when God would come in with a rearing fire, a fury fire, and consume and, and kill people on the spot, destroy things on the spot, destroy property on the spot. I mean, God is an ever-loving God who judges, and righteously so, because he wants his children to wake up, smell the coffee, stop the nonsense, and move forward in their lives to what he has called them to do. He does not want you to get caught up with stuff that you don't belong to be a part of, my friends. He wants us to be sustained unto him and focused on him. So when God does the restoration, my friends, He's gonna come in quite strong, very aggressive, and he's gonna tear things down. We have been speaking in the book of Zechariah of the different cities that God was destroying and was gonna have those cities endure many of the things that the children were enduring, the children of Israel, the children of Judah, the house of God. He was gonna say, okay, you've done this to mine and I need for you to get a feel for what you've done. Now, that's not to say that we're thinking about, you know, how we always hear in the Bible, an eye for an eye or two for a tooth, even though at this time, you know, people were still kind of in that mindset. But God was a merciful God, because if that was the case, he would have done it to the children of Israel and the children of Judah and the house of Joseph. He would have eliminated them too, but he was a merciful God and he's a merciful God today. So whatever you and I may have done that was wrong in God's eyes, we have an opportunity, my friends, to repent and go straight to our heavenly father, ask for forgiveness, get on our knees, confess with our mouths what we've done, confess that we've done wrong, that we haven't taken responsibility for certain things, that we have hurt other people, that we have stolen, we have done something wrong, and let God then embrace us for that forgiveness process where he not, not just he forgives you, but you also forgive yourself, and then you gotta go ask forgiveness to the people you've done the wrong to. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Restoration is a process, but getting us to restoration 
the process is beautiful because God is going to do something new in your life. God is going to do something new in other people's lives who are around you, in your family, in your job, in your neighborhood, wherever it is. He's going to do something different in your life. And he's going to bring about a miracle and a blessing that you could have never asked for or thought of. Because many times, my friends, we're going around life thinking we can never get a breakthrough. We can never get restoration. My marriage can't be restored because, you know, I had an affair or you, or you cheated, you know, you cheated on your spouse or you had some type of discord, you know, um, you just were, you know, you had other, um, addiction issues in the marriage, whatever the case might be, God can we still restore that. God can restore not just each individual of what's happening inside of them, but he can also restore what's going to come new with the marriage and the unification of husband and wife and the new things that he can do with that. As you all know, I have written a book called Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage. I wrote my first book. I'm in the process of writing the remainder books because this is a series about what I experienced in my life the first 10 years of my marriage with my husband and the things we went through and the many ups and downs and challenges that I had to face, but how I used God's word to help me overcome the situation I was in. Because God wants marriages to be restored, my friends. My husband and I today, we're still working on our, on our marriage. God is every day restoring something new. It might seem like Sometimes we are like feeling like, okay, it's the spice in our marriage, is, is the conversation. Sometimes we don't even have anything to talk about. But God will also always restore us in conversation. He'll always restore us in uh, loving one another. He'll always restore us in, you know, being considerate for one another, caring for one another, and just things of that nature. So I wanted to encourage you that God, the God of restoration that we serve is a loving God. And he will work miracles in your life like never before. And in doing so, he's always also going to come in in a fiery rain uh, to take down whatever's been oppressing you, whatever's, whatever's been hurting you, whatever's been wounding you. And in some situations, he may do away with things. He may do away with people in your life. He may take, take people uh, out of your life of relationships that are not healthy, that are toxic, that are not good. But if he's going to restore your marriage, he's going to come in and he's going to place fire <laughs> in those areas where both of you need deliverance from, where both of you need to um, wake up and smell the coffee, and where both of you need to surrender fully to God so then that marriage can work, okay? And then when he talks about Wail, O Cyprus, for the cedar has fallen because the mighty trees are ruined. That's it. He comes down and he breaks down the ego. He breaks down the chips on your shoulder. He breaks down the people who are conceited, who have pride. And when we talk about these things, we're talking about also the people who've been oppressing us, right? So look, um, in my book that I had written, I spoke about the verbal abuse that I was dealing with my husband. And it's something that I had never been used to. But it was abuse because my husband was broken. 
inside, in his heart. He had wounds. He had things that happened to him in the past. I had hurts. I had wounds. I had things that happened to me in my past. And it was just like two battleships going at each other during this time. And I just wanted out. But God had to come in with a fire like never before to refine both of us. Um, you'll read certain things. I don't want to give away any spoilers. Things that are going to come in the book that you're going to read of what happened during that time. And how God, you know, ultimately did a restoration. Uh, but the process took time. And it took reverence unto the Lord in surrendering everything. So when God is going to come tear something down, whether it's in your marriage, in your job, you're being, maybe you're being oppressed by your boss, maybe your boss, you know, harasses you every day on the job, and you're just like, I can't take this anymore, I hate my job, even though you really like your job, but what you hate is your boss, you know, things of that nature. God will come in a fiery furnace <laughs> and consume that boss in a way like never before. Whether that is that boss gets a touch from God and then changes his attitude and starts treating people more with more respect. Whether that boss gets fired by his own superiors who, who because, you know, your boss thought he was the it of the office. And then they realize what he's done and then they fire him. So he leaves and now you get a nicer boss. Whatever it is that you are struggling with and you need restoration and God is going to do something new and God is going to turn things around and God is going to bring a miracle in your life. He's going to do it in a way that you may kind of have an idea about, not maybe all the details because God is a God of details. But sometimes my friends, you and I both know he doesn't give us everything. <laughs> he might give it a snippet here and there. Or he'll just surprise us and amaze us in a way like never before. Because then all of a sudden we realize, wow, oh my gosh, look what God did, right? We weren't expecting that. But look, it was God. And you know it was God because y'all thought that that boss was never going to go anywhere. Especially when it's a young, a young, young boss. <laughs> that you're like, they're going to stay here forever. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to come out of this harassment or this oppression or this discrimination, whatever it is. God will come in like a furry fire and he will destroy things and tear them down and bring down the egos. I know there's stories that you and I could probably share right now. I know for a fact for me personally, whenever I've had a situation where I just felt so oppressed and I'm not talking about my marriage side, personal side, I'm just talking in general, even with work at times or even um, the, the, the control factor, you know, of my boss or, you know, uh, some of the other things that I'm involved with with film and television and just, you know, the demeanor of how people speak to each other sometimes on a set or, you know, how directors, you know, or, or creators, you know, they got this big chip on their shoulders and then all of a sudden they think they could treat the cast and crew like like disgustingly <laughs> you know you're just like wait a minute brother bro wait a minute sister why are you treating me this way but you're stuck on that set because you committed to do that project and you're like oh my god there's like 12 days left in this project but God can come in and intervene and he can come in and do some miracles he can come in and all of a sudden you know like you're like well where's the director where's what happened to the producer they're gone 
They got fired. They got put on another project. They get whatever the case might be. They got sick. You know, we don't wish sickness on anyone, right? But you'd be surprised what happens when God is doing something miraculous in your life. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was going to happen. And now you start to get the peace again. You start to get um, a better understanding of your purpose, of why you're in that job, what, why you're in that marriage, why you're doing certain things, why you had a child, why you're nurturing your mother, your father, whatever it is. Then God will start to reveal to you, yes, I'm doing a restoration and I want to get you back on track because I want you to have a healthy life. God wants us to have healthy lives, my friends. He doesn't want us to be caught up in, in chaotic situations. And he definitely doesn't want us to have a mental situation. Many of us today, with everything that happened with the pandemic, losing jobs, people's family members dying because of everything that happened, a lot of people suffer from mental situations and God wants to heal you from that. God wants to heal us from that, my friends. So here when it says these things will be ruined, it's because God is going to come down and tear things up, tear things down. And let me tell you something, he is doing it mightily right now with the church, especially leaders in the church. He's doing it in a mighty way right now. Listen, that's why in the scripture it says, you know, that people say, Lord, 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 I did these, th these things. I did this. And the Lord will look at them and say, I never knew you. Because you can't just think that you're just going through the motions of doing things, but not really having a relationship with God, not being genuine in what you're doing for the kingdom. And definitely the fact that you are not loving on the people that God created because he's called us as ambassadors and beacons of light for others. You know, and when it says that, you know, even trees are going to be ruined, that is because God is getting ready to chop down trees. And when you chop, chop, chop down a tree, you have chopped down a lot of resource because there's a lot of resource that a regular tree in the natural gives to humanity. We get paper from trees. We get wood from trees. We get special leaves from trees, right? Some leaves even uh, in certain trees, some trees grow fruit. So that's a nourishment to us. Some trees uh, serve as great shade. You know, so many things I could talk about trees, right? Um, the, the base itself, you could sit on it. I mean, there's just so many things you could do with a tree and what a tree gives to us. And when the tree, which also represents a person in the human flesh, thinks that they are all high and mighty and that they walk around with a huge chip on their shoulder and they're very nasty and they disrespect people and they have a, a conceited attitude God is gonna come and he's gonna tear down that tree he's gonna those prideful people are gonna have to be on their knees because God is the type of God that he doesn't like pride. He wants us to constantly be humble, my friends. And right now in the church, we're facing a lot of backlash in many areas because the leaders of those churches are not doing the kingdom work. They're doing their own kingdom building, if you know what I mean. They're not building up God's kingdom. Whether that's through oppression to the congregation, whether that is stealing money from the congregation and the church, whether that is 
falsifying to people the labor that they have to do for church whether just you know just just oppression just um you know using the word in vain as they teach the word of god on the pulpit i mean there's so many things of a list we can make but god sees all those things my friends it does not go unnoticed so all those trees will be ruined it says it right here all well oh cypress for the seed has fallen because the mighty trees are ruined and it says well oh oaks of bashan for the thick forest has come down so when we talk about a forest <laughs> you and i both know that a forest is sometimes like in the movies is scary go through the forest and there's like all these sounds of animals or wild coyotes or whatever and then in movies even at night in the forest it's creepy there's no light you need flashlights you need to go through you you know and then in horror films they have these forests and the forest, you know, there's an evil person in there. There's a demon in there. There's a monster in there. There's Sasquatch, whatever it is. <laughs> the forest is a place that it could be scary. And when it talks about that it's going to bring down the forest, it's going to come down, that scary place, that dark place, that bad place, that place of destruction, that place that um, is it, serving as, as a hub, of leaders that come together and think they just run things and they think that they just have control of everything and everyone God said for the thick forest has come down why is it thick because there's a lot of people there of leaders and just people in general who are very um, self-minded and when it's self-minded and your head is blown up because you think you're the it of the town, everything becomes very thick, right? And here's the thing. This is God's word. I'm just reading it, my friends. <laughs> I'm just reading it. This is God's word. So the same way back here, with this desolation of what happened with Israel during the time of Zechariah, we can experience that and we are experiencing that today. You and I can now turn on the news, the radio, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, YouTube, and we can see something and start questioning and going, what is going on with that leader? Why are they talking like that? What is going on here? What message are they bringing across? Who told them that? How did they come up with that plan? Blah, 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 blah. Because, my friends, God is doing a restoration in the church right now, too. He's restoring many of the things that churches have had to endure because of leadership abuse. And in doing that, he's restoring and bringing up and lifting up and elevating a new generation to continue to go forward in sharing God's good news. Because we have fallen by the wayside, my friends. We have. We have fallen by the wayside. And we need to be picked up and we need to be brushed off and we need to 
be um, cleansed again and we need to be renewed in our mind, in our spirit, in our soul and know that the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father is a good and healthy relationship. It is a true relationship that God is real, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that everything he did on Calvary was to help us and to sustain us and maintain us and that we have to be aware of that the anchor in Christ never moves. The anchor in Christ never moves. It is solid. And when we start to walk away from God, when we start to walk away from Christ, when we no longer have relationship with them, we distance ourselves. And that is not a good thing, my friends. That is not a good thing. So that thick forest will be torn down. God is going to chop heads off. And I don't mean literally with a sword, although God will do it however he wants. God is really going to bring people down from their high horses and going to humble them down to their knees. Because pride has to be done away with. Listen, there was a time in my life when I was younger, and I always have to think about this, and remind myself, I gotta always stay humble. There was a time in my life, a couple of times when I was growing up young in my 20s, I had a chip on my shoulder. I had pride in my heart and I didn't realize it. It's just because I guess growing up, I was very independent. I had to do things for myself. I was working very, very early. Some of y'all know who are older like me, we started working at the age of 14. Some people started working at the age of 12, throwing newspapers, <laughs> right? And you know, so you just mature quickly, you you know, um, you, you start to be responsible for a lot of things earlier on in life, and you just grow up really fast. So for me, I was prideful in the way of like, I had to work my whole life, and I never wanted a man to help me. And no, I could fix that tie myself, get away from me. Like, you know, I had some pride issues where it was just like people were just genuinely trying to help me. I'll never forget one time, I had such pride. I was on my way to work. It was like 5.30 in the morning because my shift used to start at 6 o'clock in the morning. I used to work at JFK Airport. And I used to work for a company where we used to supply wheelchair services to people who needed it for flights, on flights. And I was the supervisor. And I remember I was on my way to work. And it's dark at 5.30 in the morning. And I'm on the, um, oh my gosh, I, I forget which, um, which highway that is. But, uh. I'm on there, and I'm not that far away from the airport, but all of a sudden, I start hearing clunk, 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 clunk in my, in my car, and I had a flat. So I pulled over, you know, popped open the trunk. Now, meanwhile, I was already fully dressed for work, and we always wore special suits. So it was a, scoop, a skirt and, and pants, but I had the skirt on that day. And I start to, you know, start to undo my tire. <laughs> And a guy comes, you know, it's 5.30 in the morning, it's dark. A guy comes and he parks his car in front of my, he, he waves at me. I'm like, hello. I'm very dismissive. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Like, because I'm on a mission. I got to get to work. And he comes over. I remember, I'll never forget this. He was like, ma'am, I can help you. I said, I can help myself. <laughs> he looked at me like, what? And meanwhile, like, He's like, where's the spare? I'm like, the spare is right there. So he lifts up the spare because I'd already like almost taken off. I had already jacked it up pretty much. <laughs> I was about to undo the bolts. 
uh, I took the hot crab off and I was about to do the boats. And he comes and he goes, ma'am, I'll help you with that. And literally it was like a tug of war. I was giving this poor guy a tug of war because of the pride that I had in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, and in my soul. I was just like, I don't need you to help me. I can do this myself. You know, and it was like, Antonia, if, if this guy helps you, common sense would have been, Antonia, if this guy helps you, you'll get this done quicker, right? And you will begin get to you'll get to work on time. So I'll never forget it was like a cartoon character. Uh, or, or like in the movies he literally picks up the spare tire because he sees i'm almost done and like we're tug and i'm i'm holding it on one end <laughs> he's holding it on the other and we're like both pulling back and forth he's like i'll do it and i'm like no i'll do it no you do it no i'll do it and i was like what is going on here and finally i was just like okay just let him do it so i let him do it he did it really quickly, and he's stronger than me. Men are stronger than women. So he was able to really crank the bolts really hard so it's stable and, and, and stays there. I thanked him. I went on my way. I got to work. I think I got to work like five minutes late. But you know why I got to, my, to work five minutes late? Because it was my pride. Had I stopped the nonsense of my pride and just said to the guy, thank you, I appreciate it. Yes, this will go quicker. No, I had to let my pride sink in, and I was like, I can do it. I can do it. I'm strong. <laughs> So listen, God is going to come and he's going to tear down that pride. And God has been tearing down that pride in my heart and in my in my way of being how I used to be for a while now. <laughs> so I just humble myself and I say, Lord, if I have pride in me, please take it out because I don't want to be a pride. I don't want pride in every area, any area of my life. So God is going to come down and he's going to tear some things apart and he's going to he started with the church, my friends, and he's doing it right now. Just recently, I won't make I won't name too much, but just recently, y'all know that a pastor came on publicly, a, pa a well-known pastor that we all know, and spoke about a specific issue that the Bible speaks about that is very key key in our lives to doing. And now he's getting backlash for it because the reality is the word is in 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 the Bible that speaks about that we must do these things. So. I know you all know who I'm talking about, so I'm not going to mention the name. But listen, God is starting everywhere. He's starting everywhere. Uh, you are also learning about some pastors that are walking away from the church. Now, legitimately, some of them are walking away because they're just confused. They're chaotic. Uh, they got a lot of things going on in their lives. Um, they just can't handle it anymore. They're like under a lot of stress so they've been walking away a lot of pastors a lot of preachers a lot of ministers just walking away from christ they're burned out burnt out and then you have other ones that are walking away but that is because god is like you gotta go you're no longer gonna be feeding my flock you're no longer gonna be on this podium you're no longer gonna be elevated you're coming down from the status i put you on and you now have to come down here with the people at their level so don't think that sometimes just because things are happening also in a church is, is because 
it's just happening. No, God is being very orchestrative of how he's doing things because he wants restoration in his church. He wants restoration in his people. And he wants restoration for the mighty God that he is so that our mouths could constantly be talking about him because people these days are not even talking about Christ. They're not even talking about God. You don't even hear anybody say anything any, anymore sometimes when someone sneezes, God bless you. Remember, I mean, we've always said that since we were little, God bless you. Well, people now get offended if you say, God bless you. <laughs> people upset if you say, let me pray. People upset and you say, oh, would you like me to pray for you? People get upset now. Like, don't do that. It, and I'm telling you, God is just coming in like a fiery fire and he is tearing things apart. So <laughs> we can look at this, apply it to our lives today, because this is exactly what God is doing also today. And then it says here, there is the sound of wailing shepherds. For their glory is in ruins. Whoa, that's deep, man. That's deep, my friends. Shepherds that are wailing because their glory is in ruin. You know why? Because they weren't glorifying God. They were glorifying themselves. Listen, I um, I love to listen to other pastors, ministers, um, who really bring word, the word in a way that is understandable, number one. Number two, that is truth, because it's God's word. And number three, that genuinely the person is anointed to share it. Or even if they're not anointed to share it, they're sharing it from their heart because they really wanna share God's word, right? And I'll listen to people on occasion on Facebook who bring across messages or Bible study and things of that nature. And I remember for a while, I was tuning into this guy. Now, the guy does not live here. He lives in another country. And um, genuinely, I was just listening to the guy because I was like, you know, this guy, I believe God is really anointed. And he had just only been a pastor, I want to say, for maybe 10, 10 years or maybe even less, maybe five, six, something like that. And as I was listening to him, I was like, you know, this guy is really, you know, God is really giving this guy wisdom and revelation to how he's sharing, you know, the message. And then I remember one day I woke up and I started to listen to him again. And it turned out that all of a sudden he shifted from a, this is what I do for the kingdom voluntarily. Um, and if you donate to me, I appreciate it. Thank you. To this is what I know I have to do for the kingdom. And I'm the only one who can do it. And I'm the special chosen one. And now you have to start sending me this amount of money. Because if you send this amount of money, it's going to multiply by 10. And it's going to divide by 80. And you're going to become a trillionaire. That is not how God works. And in my spirit, right away, I knew something's not right here. Something in the spirit has shifted where now he's no longer glorifying God. He's glorifying himself. And God does not want us to do that, my friends. We are always to stay humble and following God's lead and knowing that he is an awesome God who has taken us from glory to glory and we're to glorify him for doing so not that we glorify ourselves and that's when when you start to see a lot of things happening especially with the church because he's gonna start with us first 
He starts first with the ones that are the, supposed to be the closest to him. <laughs> you know, he starts to see what am I, what is my flock doing? And if there's a shepherd that is ruining the flock, there's a shepherd that is harassing a flock. If there's a shepherd that is not feeding the flock, abusing the flock, God is going to intervene and step in and he's going to tear down that shepherd. He's going to do away with them. He's going to take them out of their position. He's going to say, no more can you like be on this pulpit. You're not feeding the shepherd. You know, you as a shepherd are not feeding my flock accordingly. You have misled my flock. That's why a lot of Christians are scattered. Sometimes they're confused about the message that their pastors or the ministers are bringing forward. They're like, wait, I don't, I don't understand this. And then they start wavering and then they go to another church and then they don't know what to do and they don't understand it. It brings much confusion, my friends. So God is saying this, that when you're going to start hearing that the shepherds are wailing, that is because they've been found out. <laughs> they've been found out and now they're going to start crying, weeping and say, oh God, but wait a minute, hold on, wait a second, oh no. Don't take away my 10 jets. Oh, no. Don't take away my 20 houses all over the country. Oh, God, no. Don't take away my Versace suit. God is going to come in and he's going to be like, look, I built my kingdom for a certain way, a certain reason, and for the souls of people. It's not for you to have billions in your pocket, squandering it and living up a life while your flock is walking around like peasants who could barely get a meal. Now, this is some heavy stuff, my friends, to discuss here. But what do we do on this podcast? We read the word. This is what the word says. And I just read it. So, things are happening the same way they happened at the time of Zechariah. They're happening today. <laughs> and then it says here, There is the sound of roaring lions, for the pride of the Jordan is in ruins. Right? We spoke about pride earlier. The roaring lions. Right now, y'all know when we were little and we used to go to the zoo. I don't know about you, but I did get to go to the Bronx Zoo when I was a young girl. Uh, um, and then you go to visit the section of the lions and, you know, maybe you might get a lion that might roar. Right? <laughs> or y'all hear it all the time in the movies. So... When they're saying that you're going to hear the sound of roaring lions for the pride of the Jordan is in ruins, that is because the pride that is being torn down is going to be ruined. And because it's going to be ruined, that means that that person will no longer um, have to operate that way. And let me tell you something. When we speak... In terms of the Lion of Judah, how strong of a roaring lion is that? When we think about that tribe, when we think about um, how strong they came through, there's even songs that we that have been sung about the Lion of Judah. There's even groups that call themselves the Lion of Judah. Because there's something about a roaring lion that comes in strong, mighty, powerful. And the lion, right? the king of the jungle, <laughs> all those things. Anyway, um, those lions are going to be roaring like there's no tomorrow because those people with those pride and those things that they were dealing with, 
and destroying and building up. Because let me tell you something, there are a lot of things happening right now that you're hearing people talk about and you're like, did God really tell them to do that? Now, I'm not saying or doubting that God may have told them to do that because God does speak to us. He guides us and he tells us exactly what he wants us to do if we're in relationship with him. And when we're in relationship with him, we follow his lead and we're obedient to what he asks us to do. But I'm referencing something that somebody's doing and you're like, why doesn't that resonate with my spirit? Why doesn't that resonate with what God really would want for the people or what God would really want for his kingdom? You start questioning those things, it is no doubt in my mind that pride has set into the heart of that person. And God then has to come in and tear down that pride. God wants to restore us, even in leadership that has led you astray. God wants to do something in them. God wants to restore them. Because at one time, they were walking on the correct path and being obedient to the Lord. And they got swayed by this world, by the Joneses, by the trends, whatever it was. By, you know, uh, money can change people tremendously. Money can have you acting a certain way. I know that when we're poor, we act a certain way. Because I know when I'm broke, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm broke. I've got like $5 left in the bank account. All right. But I'm just going to shop, you know, at the 99 cent store and get five items that could last me for two weeks. Because <laughs> I'll cook every day. You know, I won't have all the nitty gritty snacks, but I'll just cook every day, right? We know how we act. So imagine when you act... How you act when you have a lot of money. I mean, I'm talking tons of money. Money can sometimes also sway our way of thinking of what we, what turned out and started out for the kingdom now becomes for our own kingdom. God doesn't want us to be building our own kingdom. God wants us to be, be building up his kingdom. So my friends, this is very powerful, this scripture. Again, it's just three three you know it's a couple of sentences here but there's a lot to discuss here and there's a lot to look at and understand that when God is going to come in he's going to come in strong to destroy the enemies that have been oppressing you that have been harassing you that have been on your back that have been stealing from you that have been just destroying you and, uh, and maybe you never, you know, you're in situations, you know, you knew you would do a, a promotion a long time ago and you haven't been able to get it because someone else is in, in the midst of stopping you from get it, getting it. Or you know that, you know, you uh, there was some uh, family issues at hand that, you know, should have been resolved. But because of another family's bitterness or unforgiveness, you can't move on as a family. Like, there's just so many things to talk about. God wants to come in. He wants to restore you. He's definitely going to destroy your enemies. He's going to do it in his own way. That's why we always have to remember that the battle is of the Lord's, not ours. We just sit still and God will take care of things for us. We don't have to go out acting all crazy in the street and, and doing things against God's word. 
we can we know and we trust and we have faith and we sit down we're still and god will take care of it for us and then he'll tell us what action to take accordingly so whatever he's going to take care of it is in alignment with his commandments get it so my friends i hope that you have been blessed by this i know i have and i'm telling you right now God is a good God. He's a God of restoration. He wants to restore you. And in the restoration, not only is he going to tear down things that are in your way, or maybe you're in your own way. Maybe you're sabotaging yourself. That pride, whatever it is in that, that's set in you, he's going to tear it down. He's going to humble you in the brokenness. God starts to see something beautiful. And in the brokenness, God will restore you. So my friends, I look forward to sharing the word of God with you again next week where we will rise and shine with the word of God, wake up Saturday morning with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.